You all are getting good on time. 829. All present. So I'd like to give just a light overview. Um, Not too much talking this morning, but a light overview of what we've been doing, mostly focusing on the first foundation of mindfulness, of which there are four. The first foundation of mindfulness, really settling into this body, knowing that there is a body. There are body parts, breathing happens in this body, sensations happen in this body. Impermanence and change happens in this body. So that's what you've been paying attention to the last few days as you've settled. Not that nothing else is happening. I can talk louder. Not that nothing else is happening, but really allowing the mind to, to slow down enough to see how the phenomenon of this body works. And so um, last night, and the night before, talking about the hindrances, talking about effort. These are really in the domain of the mind and emotions. And so this morning, I'd like to um, talk a little bit about and instruct through working with thoughts and emotions. Um, Like I said, as you know, you've already been dealing with. Um, But hopefully when it's welcomed by a more settled and calm mind, the way that we receive this input, we can have a lot more clarity. We don't get as pulled by our thoughts when we're more settled in the body. Um, I often, and probably too often, and I think many teachers use this analogy of um, a a well-trained dog And we are these dogs that when we know how to sit and stay, we are a really great pet. (laughs) And when we're the kind of dog that is out of control and tearing up our favorite shoe, our owner's favorite shoes, and peeing all over the house and barking at everything that walks by and chasing and killing the squirrels, those are the ones that end up in the pound, right? So our minds can often be like that. You know, what's so the mind that can sit and stay and be still in the best of ways it allows us to truly trust what comes next. It allows us to truly trust that we can weather and hold when difficult situations arise because we know how to be in this space we start to really trust our mind, trust our hearts as we cultivate this practice. So part of the exploration is an awareness of our sense doors. So as we take in sights and sounds and smells and tastes and feelings, We're also, in the Buddhist paradigm, looking at the mind is the sixth sense door. So the mind, just like like when you smell something from the kitchen, you're not turning the nose on and saying, okay, smell now, right? The nose is smelling. Our tongue is tasting. Our ears are hearing. 
And so too, the mind, the mind thinks. And it's not our fault. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a working, hopefully working organism, and it's a good organism to work with. Now, some thoughts just plop in. I'm sure you've noticed that you've had thoughts that you haven't thought for 30 years, thoughts that you've never thought and have no idea where they came from. So they're just these thoughts. They arise, and then they pass. We can watch them go. They're non-volitional. They have no action behind them. And then there are other thoughts that come in, and we grab onto them, and we work with them, and we chew on them, and we feed on them, and we, we can feel our bodies change when we receive them, right? So we would call these a volitional thought, a thought that we pick up on and keep going with the thought train. Volitional meaning action. We keep moving forward. So paying attention today, as part of this efforting of our practice, paying attention to your sense doors, what comes in and what you do with it. What happens when you see something that you really like? What happens when you see something that you really don't? And watch the process of the mind and its proliferation and pay attention to, do I have a choice what I'm going to do right now? In this moment, does this mind have the ability to maybe sit and stay versus chasing the squirrel? Can I see it as a thought? Can I see it as a smell? Can I see it as a sensation? So that would go in that prevention aspect of effort. And then the second aspect, once, once we have the squirrel in our mouth <laughs> and we're shaking our heads with it and are obsessed by the squirrel, then what do we do? Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that metaphor down because it's not going to really work with what I'm going to say next. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch to if we're having an emotional pain, a physical pain, what do we do? The mental pain, what do we do? So we have, we have three, three options that I'm going to talk about. One is to really explore, explore how it lives in your body. And I know we've talked about this, but when I say explore, so meaning you have a fearful thought or you have an angry thought, or you have a lonely thought. Where is that experience? Is that in my heart? Is that in my solar plexus? Is it in my belly? Is it in my shoulders? Is there a texture, a temperature? Does it vibrate? Does it change? So really a deep, intimate exploration of this thing I'm calling fear or sadness or loneliness, How do I know? So that's one way of working with pain. Or this thing that I'm calling a pain in my knee, or my back, or my neck. What what is the quality of it? Again, knowing the the sensations. Because as we notice, as we watch it, they change. Sometimes they grow, they get bigger, and then they'll shrink and they'll go away completely. Sometimes they get quite lovely. 
a pain suddenly feels kind of warm and nice and and welcoming in an interesting way. So give give it a chance instead of what we typically do, which is push away. So that's one way. Another way is if it becomes really unbearable, emotional, mental, physical, redirect. So move to a different part of your direct experience right now. Right? So we're not redirecting to a fantasy. We're redirecting to a part of our body maybe that feels okay. So maybe right now our big toe or our earlobe or our elbow or something that's very neutral feels okay. So part of right effort, again, knowing that you have this ability, you can redirect and just keep redirecting, keep redirecting, keep redirecting and allow the mind to settle in a place that doesn't feel so intense. If it's a really big emotional aspect, maybe, maybe you need to open your eyes, maybe you need to stand up, maybe you need to go for a walk. So no need to just sit in the muck if, it's, it's, if it becomes really tricky. And then the third way, and um, Vinny's gonna talk about this more tonight, is, is truly through sending that pain compassion and care and kindness. Because what we tend to do is abandon ourselves and our whole experience when we're not liking an emotional, mental, or physical pain. So what's it like to say, I'm here for you. I'm not, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not abandoning you. I might be abandoning and working on that part of effort and pain, but I'm not abandoning me. I'm right here with me. Right? I care about your pain. I care that you're sad. I care that you're hurting. So that's a third way to go about it, is really to hold yourself. And it might even be a holding. It might even be putting hands on your heart or your belly or somewhere that's, that needs it. And saying, I'm right, I'm right here. I'm not leaving you. So those are three ways of working with um, that second aspect of effort that I was talking about around abandon. So let's settle first into these bodies. And really landing landing fully into sensation maybe a sense door of touch right now is feeling the temperature in the room on your skin Noticing either the warmth or the coolness. Paying attention to how the mind wants to make meaning of it or have a judgment about it. But just see if you can feel the sensations in the body for right now. On the skin. 
And then maybe moving to the sense door of hearing. So whatever sounds arise, allowing the body to receive sound as sound. Maybe there's internal sound, maybe there's external sound. And then we'll shift again to body breathing, this body breathing, which has been happening all along, but now paying attention to it in a different way. And wherever you feel breathing the strongest, whether it's your belly or your chest or your nostril area, upper lip, Maybe it's the whole breath process. Just allowing yourself to settle into breathing as a body process. And let's just stay with this experience of body for a little while. Allowing yourself to land and settle. Watching if thoughts arise in this space. As they come in. Knowing that you can redirect back to the body. That you do not need to get on the train of thought.
if the thought comes with an emotional component, allowing yourself to feel that in the body as a sensation. So we have these internal sensations and these external sensations. So maybe the emotion has an internal sensation. Just checking that out as a sensation. Seeing how curious, how interested you can be Seeing if you can allow space. So if it's best for you and you need to stick with an anchor, please return to your anchor, whatever that focal point is that you've been using, the landing point of maybe breath or a certain part of your body, or a little more spaciousness and allowing for all sensations Paying attention to the sense doors. Hearing, internal seeing, taste, smell, sound, touch. 
And then whatever thoughts pop in, seeing them, that's another sensation. And then from this space, using the other three possibilities, if a thought is insistent, one of exploring its emotional content through sensation, two is redirecting to another part of your experience and allowing yourself to land there. And the last would be compassion, directing kindness and care and acceptance towards this difficult aspect of experience right now. there isn't anything grabbing at you, then just allow yourself to stay in the body, in the senses. Direct relationship with this experience.
So for the day, practice with what you now have in your toolkit of when I need to settle, when I need to stabilize, I go to my breath, I go to one point of my body, right? And allow yourself to return there, allow yourself to use that. At other points, um, open it up a little bit more. Check out what's going on throughout the body, throughout sensations. What's arising in the mind? What do I do with it once it happens? Right, so you have a choice. Noticing, caught up in the mind, caught up in the mind, caught up in the mind. Watch what happens to your body when that happens. And see the difference Ah, in the body, breathing, hmm, that's one way. In the mind, caught up, that's another way. It's just the body doing the body, but check it out. Check out where am I pointing myself? What am I cultivating? What am I growing? And one of the questions that arose on the board um, for me yesterday was around walking practice and um, wondering if they're correctly carrying it out. And that might be a question that other people have in here, so I thought I'd bring it to the hall. Um, So where we are now with that, still the instruction of finding a walking path I mean, the, the point, the thing about it is you're not going anywhere. You know that, right? You're not. And that's part of what is so interesting about it is if we get really used to just sitting with our eyes closed on the cushion, we can be really good at sitting with our eyes closed on the cushion. But how is that going to translate when we need to get up and walk and move and have our eyes open and be in the world, taking in a lot around us. So the walking practice, um, I'm sure when originally used in Burma was really because the body could only sit so long. Um, And that was a good way to keep the body moving, sit again, move, sit. Um, But it's also a useful way to say, oh, the world comes at me, right? When you're walking, you're seeing. When you're walking, you're hearing. When you're walking, other people are visible. We can't just shut them out. So it's a really important bridge practice to being in life and really moving and engaging. Um, How you know if you're correctly carrying it out, I would love to ask into that further from whoever asked the question, if they feel comfortable. Um, If not, that's okay. I feel like I can't really answer that because there is no correct. Oh. Oh, thank you. Okay. So can you tell me, do you mean technically what you're doing? Do you mean in terms of what the mind should be doing? And. Okay, okay. Yeah, one of the most dangerous things is the comparing mind, right, and watching other people's practice. Because um, then it's almost impossible not to think that we usually go to, I must be doing it wrong. Um, unless, you know, we're in that state where we're like, I'm doing it right, they're doing it wrong. You know, so, so it's, we're in one of the two spaces usually. <laughs> so pace, pace is a good question, so I'm glad you brought this up. Pace really would go into the right effort category again. 
sometimes we have a lot of energy in our bodies, right? And we, it needs to move. And so sometimes we need to move fast. It's helpful to move fast and, and use that energy. And then sometimes if we have a lot of energy, it's helpful to move slow and kind of bring ourselves into balance, slow ourselves down. And then vice, vice versa. If we're feeling sluggish or tired, moving fast can bring us energy um, or moving slower can help us get more concentrated. So it really depends on what is needed in the moment. And it could change from one walking period to another. Um, so how have you been, what have you been doing now? You're just kind of walking back and forth and going, what the fuck am I doing? Or what, I mean, what's... <laughs> Okay, so um, suggestion would be to really start to feel into your feet, to feel the ground. Where are you walking? Are you inside or outside? Inside. Okay, can you be barefoot? Is that possible? Do you like being barefoot? Um, yeah. It's helpful. It's only helpful to really allow yourself to feel the sensations of the feet, feel the landing, feel the muscles, feel the bones and the tendons, right? And then the experience of lifting your leg and moving your leg. And maybe just get really interested just in what the body's doing, not in what it's supposed to be doing or what, is, what the outcome is meant to be. Just really letting yourself land in the experience of, okay, body moving. It's really actually a trip that we can walk. You know, it takes a lot, it takes a lot to be able to walk. A lot of cooperation from all kinds of forces, including gravity. And so, so really seeing if you can land in your feet, the lower parts of your body, your knees, your thighs, and just that experience of moving and walking. And then, of course, you're going to be taking in visuals, but take it down into the body, breathing, breathing. And see if you can spend today um, more in that space. I mean, it's a weird thing to do. So it's not, it's a, it, it is confusing. It, it, it is confusing. And I, and I hope that it starts to have some kind of interest for you at some point. I went through many years of not understanding or liking walking practice even, avoiding it. Um, and now I have to say it's my favorite practice um, because I started getting very interested just on the ground and my feet and the very simple simpleness of that and then what arose from that so I hope that helps a little bit we have time for a couple questions if there are Mm-hmm. Very good question. How do you reckon the Buddha's teaching of bearing down, ignore, or abandoning um, versus open awareness and exploring? Oftentimes, um, these teachings are in response to suffering. They're in response to 
burning away and uprooting the kalesas and the hindrances. So when we're talking, oftentimes when we're talking about those things, we're, we're pointing at when we're, we're greed, hatred, illusion, delusion is very strong, right? Those are the times when the gritting the teeth, the bearing down, right? Like I said, if somebody knows that they're about to do something harmful to themselves, you know, like I work with a lot of young people that are cutters and do self-harm, that's when we don't just use open awareness and say, I'm going to accept this, right? There are moments when we know this is causing myself or somebody else harm and, and future harm. So in this moment and in the future. So um, this, this sort of open awareness space is really a place of observation, watching, knowing, until pop, there's that thing. I'm in repeat. I'm in obsession. This isn't, this isn't forward leading. This isn't cultivating why I'm doing this practice. That's when we then move in and use um, and would use another practice. That's why I, was, I, I didn't finish my thought last night with the 84,000 skillful means that the Buddha taught. You know, ta- taught them at different times to different people for different needs. You know, whether it was a group of monastics or a group of shepherds or um, a, a couple or, you know, there, was, there were different things needed at different times for different people. So, so really we are, you know, we have these prescription bottles on the shelf and we start to learn which one we need for when. Does that help? Sure. Enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Did, was, did everybody hear that, or should I repeat? Anybody? Repeat. Um, so the question, I can't say it as well as you did, but the, they're calling themselves a novice meditator, and knowing that when they're on the cushion, it's, you know, it's sort of like the, what do they call it, the, um, when you withhold a treat, like the marshmallow experiment, you know, have you heard of that? Where so they're sitting on the cushion and saying, okay, I'm not going to think that right now. I'm not going to plan that right now because after I'm done with this sit, I can go crazy. I can think all I want. I can have fun and I can play in my mind, right? Is that a good enough summary? (laughs) Um, And is that a good tactic or isn't a good tactic? I think it's actually quite a useful tactic (laughs) when we're first starting, for sure. And I often, I told a few people in this room about... um, the suitcase that I will often use when my mind is in hyper planning or hyper something mode and I'm sitting, I'll say not right now and I'll, I'll just put it down 
I can, I can talk to you later. We'll get to you because I know you're important, but not right now. And then it, what it allows my nervous system to do, and it allows my practice to dig itself enough in so that when I'm not meditating anymore, <laughs> the periods become longer and longer that the mind needs to go crazy, as you said. Right? And so the conditioning, the conditioning of the mind changes. What's important and what's necessary will get done and it will stay there. So there, there's wisdom in that, right? You're not just saying, fuck everything. Or, I'm just getting rid of everything. You know, I'll never think again. That's not the point. But what's useful right now? What's useful right now? And I think what you're doing right now, where you are in the practice, is actually useful. And it's allowing you to um, be in the practice. But I do want to encourage, while you're on retreat, that you consider the whole practice of meditation, the whole retreat of meditation, right? The transition from sitting to standing to walking. So still practicing, which I know can drive us completely nuts. But um, it's sort of, you know, I heard a friend of ours say, um, once it's like driving a car when you're first learning how to drive a car. You know, and it's like you've got the steering wheel and there's a gear and there's rear view mirrors and there's people and there's horns and there's, you know, there's so much going on. And you just need to stop and pull over and have a break, you know. And then eventually, as you've been driving for a while, we're just driving. And we're getting, all, we're getting it all and it's all grooving, right? So, um, so you're an- the answer is yes, I, what you're doing is fine. Um, and then we'll see how it progresses. But do are you doing walking practice? No. Oh, okay, so that's when. Okay, okay. Will you maybe, can we do a little pinky promise that today you will? <laughs> You'll at least try? Yes, I will try that. Okay. Do you have a meeting today? I do. Oh, good. Okay, we'll talk about it some more. <laughs> I could really, we could do like a real pinky promise. Good. Okay, so that's it for questions. I'm sorry.